We started with one. We bought a multifamily in New York. From there, it has grown to 21. I can say I'm financially independent, that I don't have to depend on an employer in order for me to, let's say, have something when I retire. You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. I'm your host, Nasima McElroy of Financially Intentional. Let's spark some flames, y'all. Have you started on your journey towards financial independence or want to do better with your money and don't know where to start? Well, this training is for you. I encourage you to head over financiallyintentional.com slash live to sign up for our next free masterclass where I'll teach you the techniques I've used and taught my clients to master money and build wealth. During this free training, you'll learn the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal to launch into financial freedom, the budgeting method that will free up thousands of dollars a month to achieve your financial goals, the common mistakes to avoid while paying off debt, and how to rapidly slay debt. You don't want to miss this. So head over to financiallyintentional.com live or click the button in the show notes to register for our next free masterclass. Hi, welcome to episode 37 of the Nurses of Fire podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, welcome and cheers to Igniting Your Fire. I would be eternally grateful if you took a moment to subscribe, leave a review, and share with the nurses that you know could benefit. Make sure to head over to nursesonfire.com win to find out how to be entered for an Amazon gift card for leaving a review. We're also on YouTube, y'all. So make sure you head over to nursesonfire.com slash YouTube and subscribe. So I hope that you are all staying safe during these challenging times. Please make sure that you're a member of our private Facebook group by heading over to nursesonfirepodcast.com slash FB. So on this episode of the podcast, we have Dr. Margarita David, who is a wife and a mom of three. She was born in the Dominican Republic and immigrated to the United States at the age of six. As a bilingual clinical professor, her driving force is helping aspiring nurses, nursing students, and novice nurses thrive. She understands the importance of knowing the pathophysiology of disease processes and pharmacology when caring for patients. As a result, her teaching style has received rave reviews from hundreds of students as she makes hard to understand concepts easy to comprehend. Now that she's finished her doctoral studies, she wants to provide others that are thinking of entering or currently in a nursing program with the knowledge and skills needed to succeed. On top of all these accolades, Dr. David and her husband of 19 plus years were able to amass a real estate portfolio, giving them the option to never have to work again. Episode 37 of the Nurses on Fire podcast. This nurse educator is financially independent through real estate. All right, Nurses on Fire. I am so honored to have Dr. Margarita from DrRegisteredNurse.com joining us today. Hey, Margarita. 
Hi, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Super honored to have you. So we'll just jump into your story of becoming a nurse. Well, it wasn't an easy one. I started in business. I have a business degree from New York. I did that for five years and I thought that that's what I have to do. Although it helped me with finance and management of time and all that, I found it extremely boring. Around year three into the five-year mark, I started looking at other things. And that's when they started coming up with second degree programs for those people that have a first degree in something else. And I always had a fascination with medicine. So I started looking and looking at the time. I was, you know, already started my family and I said, you know what? I loved nursing. I started looking into those programs and then I landed into an 11 month BSN, which was up to this day gives me panic attacks every time I think about it. I even teach at the institution I graduated from in Philadelphia. And every time I go there, it's the same smell, the same escalator, like it puts me back. That's how I got into it. And once I did my boards, I started working in the OR for most settings. I always say never specialized, and I specialized. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I couldn't. What? The OR? That's like my favorite place. <laughs> oh, my God. I was always freezing. I was just getting things for people. I was like, what is this? Am I a maid? <laughs> and I've been doing that ever since. I've like gone into transplant nursing, school nursing, I'm all over the place, but I never left the bedside. I always tell my students and friends, you need to keep the bedside. That's kind of how you're going to get a little bit of credibility because it's something to be book smart. But if you can't really explain how things actually work, if you're not in the trenches, how are you going to really be credible? That's a big model for me. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> That is really, really funny that you landed in the OR and you was like, oh, no, this is not the place for me and went back to med surge. I, <laughs> I went straight into labor and delivery. Well, I went straight into postpartum and then a year after went into labor and delivery. And I could never see myself working with sick people because I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't want to be sick, but I love what I do. So. I think everybody's journey into nursing is so interesting to me because all our paths are so different. But I think that's the beauty of nursing is that there are so many different options for people who are interested in different things. Even if you don't want to do bedside, to be in administration, to use that business background. I started in healthcare administration and hated it. So I'm just like, whatever, I couldn't do that. But now you're a doctor. So you got your advanced practices, super duper advanced practice degree in nursing. Tell me why you chose to do that. I, once I got my bachelor's, I started doing med surge and all that. I was like, okay, one thing I do not like is to be pressured into doing things. So the way that things were going, okay, they wanted more and more and more from us. And I know that they started with those that didn't have a bachelor's. I already had that. But I said, wait, if this is going to continue, I'm going to definitely continue on myself because I want to do it on my own pace. So that's when I went into the master's program. I started as a nurse practitioner as a family. Then I changed to adult. And then I said, you know what? I don't want to deal with that. I want to go home and not have to think about, is somebody going to call me? Did I prescribe the wrong thing? And I'm going to get sued. I said, no, 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 no. I went into nursing education. 
And then I finished that in 2016 and I started teaching clinical. I thought that was going to be the end of it. And then, you know, around a year in, school has been such a part of my life that I said, you know what, why don't I just finish it? And that's when I enrolled in the same school, I did my master's and got my doctorate, which I defended in December and I graduated in January. Congratulations. Um, and I, I know that you know, I put a video up on the channel about it. It was a really emotional day. It was a really good thing to get because I always tell my students that experience will give you the credibility as well as your credentials. The more you invest in your education, the better it will result. And gains will come from that. And I know that a lot of nurses out there are getting into nursing for the wrong reasons. You know, they're looking at the monetary gains. Okay, I'm, oh my God, I'm always going to have a job, but I'm definitely going to be making money. But that's not what it is about because patients can sense that. You know, there's something about loving the field and then loving what comes with it and then loving the field. I don't know if I make sense with that. I strive to always say that to my students. I even did a video yesterday about the whole specialty thing and how you should make sure that you're expanding your education because that's what's going to really get you places and open all the doors. Now I feel like I'm limitless, but then I have to kind of think, okay, what am I going to do with this? I think it's given me more work because I'm telling you with this channel, this page, this, this other thing, my job, I feel like I'm working more than I ever have been. <laughs> <laughs> and on the side, then, you know, we have our family. We also have our side hustles, which you should always have, especially for retirement. And I'm using a lot of that business degree that I got in that. And thank God my husband also, he's an engineer, but he's very focused in that too. So together we really have a good baseline for our retirement. That's for sure. That's awesome. And I love the way that you talked about investing in ourselves, just like investing in education. I feel like what nurses don't do, like we have to do, you know, our CEs to make sure that we maintain our license, but we don't really heavily invest in ourselves, you know, and invest in our just overall development because it's so easy for us to get comfortable. But in a lot of times in us getting comfortable and because it's a finance podcast, our finances fall off. Everything falls off because we just kind of go with the flow and we don't grow. And then we get to a point where it's like too late. It's too late. You feel stuck in your position. You feel broke. You feel totally burnt out. That's where the burnout comes in. So I want to know, like, what are some things that outside of your education that you've invested in to make sure that you grow just as an individual? We have our jobs, you know, we are nurses, we teach, we do all this stuff, but sometimes that is something that can be dispensable. I mean, with the way economy is going, my God, the TV is off because every time I look at it, the stock market's worse. And yes, will it regroup and we'll get back? Of course it will, but it's going to take even longer, longer every time it backs up. We always had the mentality and I always had the mentality that you cannot depend on a job. When you depend on a job, it's kind of like you're in the hands of someone else and you're not in control of your own future, your own present. I am a true believer in diversifying. Yes. Is it good to have a 401k? Yes, it's good to have a 401k because you get money from your employer. Hopefully, you know, not everyone does it, but they do match. So that's free money. Yes, that's great. But how about if the stock market goes into a super recession and you lose all this money and then maybe you get sick? So what are you going to depend on now? So we always valued diversifying in real estate. That's basically what we have 
focused a lot of time in. Honestly, our kids are going to be set when they're older. You know, like when I grew up, I wasn't born rich or anything. What I have, I've worked for. And we always wanted to have our kids set up so that they don't know any struggle. Do they understand how those things were attained? Of course, in no way, shape or form are they considered privileged. However, I know that my kids, they're not going to have to take a school loan to pay their education. I don't want them to get a school loan. With going to school again, starting from scratch, I had to take a loan and I thank God I finished paying that, but now I'm currently paying my doctoral one. You know, <laughs> It's a lot. I don't want them to have that struggle. I want them to start fresh and clean. The one thing that we did was invest in real estate. We started with one. We bought a multifamily in New York. From there, it has grown to 21. It's a lot. This is the emoji that goes like this, that my husband care of all that stuff because or else it would drive me nuts with everything I have to do. But I feel that I can say I'm financially independent, that I don't have to depend on an employer in order for me to, let's say, have something when I retire. What does that feeling do for you? Like when you are teaching or when you're going into the bedside or just working, like knowing that you don't have to depend on that check? I literally this morning was having some conversation on my way to Walmart because I said, when a lot of these people now, everyone has a YouTube channel, okay? but now everyone wants to teach on YouTube, but they do it for what? Monetization. And I made a point about that this morning that I truly do enjoy teaching. So if your job is to do that at 24 seven, I don't know if I could trust that. You know what I mean? But it's good to go into work, taking care of your patients, teaching your students, because you really do love to do it as opposed to because you have to do it. Because I'm telling you, there's a big difference when you're caring for patients, when it's like, oh my God, I have to be here and I don't want to be here, but I have to be here. You know what I mean? As opposed to, okay, I choose my own time. I keep my bedside. So I am per diem. So I, I do my hours, but do I really have to kill myself? No. Do I have to really work five days a week unless, I mean, I can if I want, like if I want to be greedy, but do I have to? No. I'm truly doing what I'm doing because I love to do it. I was having this conversation last week with another group of mine that everybody goes and puts everything in a 401k or goes to E-Trade or Fidelity and invest everything. It's like so volatile. Yeah, I love that. Even though I'm very heavily invested in the stock market, but there's risk in everything. And I think that, we just need to understand that risk and know how to mitigate that risk, but also understand the person that you are or the person that you need to become in order to make sure that your investments are set up the way that you need them to provide for you. I also love real estate as an option, but I was also one of those people that in 2000 eight lost everything <laughs> because of my real estate investments when the market crashed last time. So I was like really super duper hesitant about real estate investing. And it's just something that I like in the last couple of years recently just got back into, but you know, there's risk in everything, but the only way to build real wealth is to invest. Exactly. And you can't build wealth by saving money because you're going to lose money because of inflation. You have to be willing to invest. But one of the 
best investments that you can make is in yourself and in your own personal growth. And then all the other investments in the market and in real estate and all those things, they'll come, they'll fall into place. But the best investment you can make is making sure that everything that you do is in developing who you are. And that'll pay tenfold, multiple folds over. I really, really love that. Well, I want to talk about how you went from one unit to 21 units. What happened? Like, what was the mindset shift there? And how did you get there? Well, we started with the one in New York. That's the money maker. New York, you know, the rents are super high. I mean, the units are large, but I'm telling you, if you live in New York, you can live in a shack and you're paying thousands of dollars. But this is a three-family home and the two major apartments are four to five bedrooms. And then we have the other one that's like a big studio. It's open. I mean, it's equivalent to like four bedrooms, but it's like a studio that has no walls except in the restroom. So those are big money makers. We did that for two years. We just kept that one. And once we build the equity for that one, and that's the key, like a lot of people don't understand that you want to build that equity. Some people are just quick to just keep buying, 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 but you have to kind of relax. It'll come with time. That house built equity. It was an expensive home, but it did pay itself. That's all we needed. And everything that was extra from that house, we sent to the mortgage it started getting even better. So the mortgage started getting paid quicker. The equity started rising. So we had less of a debt. So at that point, with the equity we built in that house, plus we save, once you get another home, you can't really qualify for those first homeowner in, you know, incentives or anything. Well, you do have to save at least 20%. And But we had the equity from that other house. So whatever we were uh, missing, we got it from there. And then we got the second one. Then we were keep building on the first equity and then the second one started building equity. Basically, we kept saving for the closing and deposit, but in reality, it was the equity that we built from the others that started the domino effect. The last two that we bought, we bought cash and we renovated. Wow. So we were able, and so we have no debt in that and they're fully rented. Um, both of them are two family homes. Those Except for the one in New York, all of the others are around where I live. And then there's one that we had a plan that we wanted to finish paying one by the time our, our oldest was entering college. He enters college in, in September. The other one um, from New York is going to be finished when our second one enters college. And he enters in two years. For each investment we did, it was for a purpose. Now, the last two or three, it was just to get them because it was opportunity. I'm known as a debt slayer because of the $200,000 in student loans I slayed in two and a half years. I hated those loans and dealing with the loan servicers. I was head down and focused and wanted to get rid of the debt as soon as possible. Knocking out these loans and seeing a zero loan balance was one of the most liberating feelings I have ever felt. But recently I learned that by not optimizing my student loan payoff strategy, I lost money. I'm talking about big money, y'all. I could have saved $80,000 if I had a customized student loan plan by the team at Student Loan Planner. Please don't make the same mistake as me. If you have student loan debt, especially in the six figures, head over to studentloanplanner.com slash financially intentional to get your customized student loan plan today.
Do you know how your retirement funds are invested? Do you know how much you're paying in fees? Chances are you're on the same boat as some of my coworkers. Some of them set up their retirement when they first got hired and never looked at it again. Some have let a computer select their investments and don't even know what they're invested in. Worst of all, some people have their retirement funds sitting in a savings account and they're not even invested in the market because they're afraid to lose money. That's hella scary, y'all. What's even scarier is that some of you listening don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. And guess what? This is super common. This has to change today. Let Bloom do the work for you. Head over to financiallyintentional.com slash Bloom and get your free retirement account analysis. They'll check and see if your retirement account is optimized for you and they'll let you know if you're paying too much in fees. That's Bloom with three O's. Bloom can also manage your retirement account on an ongoing basis so you can take the stress out of retirement planning. If you choose to work with Bloom, their fees are incredibly low, less than your Netflix subscription. You have enough to worry about. Let Bloom handle your retirement account. The hardest thing you'll have to do when it comes to your retirement is remember that Bloom is spelled with three O's. Head over to financiallyintentional.com slash Bloom. Remember, spelled with three O's and get your retirement account squared away today. You have to also have money in the bank to be able to grab it. Like the last two, we bought them cash, but guess what? One was sitting there for like five years. People thought that the house was nothing inside. It's the most beautiful house inside, two family. It just needed upgrading. Do you know how much we bought it for? Let me see if you guess. It's a two family home in, it's a town that's a historic Italian American town in New Jersey called Gibbstown. It's very historic. It has like a river front. I mean, it's beautiful. We bought this house for, I think it was $48,000. And it's worth- In New Jersey? Yes. And it's worth, it's worth two fifty. dollars So people got scared of it because they thought they had to do a lot of remodeling. But my husband's pretty handy. And we got it. And now it's fully rented. It pays itself. Plus, we have an additional $1,000 that goes straight to our savings just from that one. The one previous to that is on two acres. So two families side by side. Each side is about 1,500 square feet, two levels. And we bought for $35,000. And that's in my neighborhood, which is very pricey because Jersey, everywhere you go, it's pricey unless you go to like the hood. <laughs> but, but that, and we fixed it and it's worth literally like over $300,000 right now. Because that was an opportunity. One of the sides had a lot of work that needed to be done. And the other side, the lady was getting older. She was moving to South Carolina. So it was an opportunity. So that's a key. I would say, if you can, save at least $40,000 in the bank for an opportunity. Yeah. Because that's going to just double and triple by itself. Especially right now. I'm like, when people are talking about the fear of this recession, all I see is so much opportunity. And that's why I'm like, this is a time to be cash rich. Like, don't take any loans just right now. Focus on getting your cash up because there'll be so many opportunities like that. And then some, I love that. But you told me that 
you didn't grow up with a lot of money. So how did you learn this stuff? I'll tell you, my husband had a lot to do with that. He's very focused. I mean, I'm focused, but he was determined. In the beginning, he didn't want to get into buying multifamily homes and stuff because it could require a lot of work. And he's the type of person, he doesn't like to hire out because he says that when you do your own work, you know, you know, you want to make sure it's good and it's going to last. He doesn't like getting contractors for some reason. Recently, he's hired one that he really trusts. That's about it. But he likes to do things himself. He was always scared to do it because he didn't know he had the time. We started with the one and then from there we just, but we saved. When we got married, we got married pretty young. Um, I've been with my hubby since, I'm gonna, I don't know if I should say the age, but I just turned 40, but I've been with him since I was 14. So we've been together forever. So we got married, I was 19 and he never wanted to rent. He literally, like, you know, when you get into a development and you pick the house, that's the one I want. That's what he did. And I still had a year of business school left. So I had to travel back and forth from New York to South Jersey. And we were literally home poor because that is a word. There's home rich, right? <laughs> and then there's home poor. We were home poor for like four years. We didn't go out anywhere. Everything was home. We didn't have fancy furniture. It was the basics, Ikea, some things like a table. It was what we needed at the time. And that is key to people understanding too. You don't have to start out with a band, you know, who cares what people think? At least you have a house. Not many can say, oh, I got married. I had my new house and stuff. Who cares if you don't have all the furniture and stuff that will come with time. And it did, you know, after four or five years and we were struggling, you know, we were paying our, we were working to pay our bills. And then I go and start school again. You know, we already had the two little kids. It was hard, but we made it, we made it work. And I think that's what gave us the motivation to start with one and then continue and continue. And then it just grew itself. I mean, I don't even know how we did it. I think it's when you're determined to set a standard for your kids and their future and to also not depend on our job or pensions, because who knows, who knows if that's going to even be there when we retire, you know, I'm, I don't think it will be okay. So you can't really depend on, on that stuff at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. I love that you have a partner that you're totally on board with, but I cannot believe that he is so handy that he is willing to do all of that work. That is so cool though. We all aspire to have husbands like you, man, (laughs) but that's cool. But I think um, the, the key lesson here is that Getting on the same page financially with your partner is paramount. Like that's major. When you're on the same page, you can accelerate your goals significantly. Not saying that you can't do it if you're not on the same page, but that right there, finding someone or having a partner that you can grow with and that you're on the same page with, man, makes financial independence or whatever your goals are so much more attainable. So I love that from the time you guys got married, you guys were head down and focused and on the same page and just growing and, and didn't start with a whole lot came from really humble beginnings, but was still able to not only build like this real estate empire, but look at you, you're a doctor of nursing and you inspire so many other people in nursing. And I'm sure just in business in general, 
So let's transition and talk about um, your business that you have now, um, Dr. Registered Nurse. What do you do there and where do you see it going? Well, I always said that once I finished my doctorate degree and because I knew the struggles that nursing students go through when they're in nursing school, especially that a lot of them are going through these fast track programs because they have another degree, a bachelor's or something else. I knew that struggle and I always said that I wanted to pay it forward and providing a way of learning that is conducive to actually retaining the information. Because a lot of students, what they do is that they try to memorize the information for a test. And I live for by a model that you want to work smarter, not harder. I try to teach my students that in order for them to work smarter, they should retain the information first so that when they have to review it, it's not really Now let me learn it again. So you're trying to do quality, right? Instead of quantity. That is literally my drive to be able to provide them a way that they can understand it, either through visual prompts or even when I go live, I do a lot of those on Facebook or watch parties. That was my main purpose, to give them a way where they can actually understand and then also have the credentials to back it up. Because a problem that I'm seeing, how I said earlier, there's so many people out there trying to teach things. I'm not going to mention them, but there's one particular person that if I hear her name one more time, my, I'm going to drill something in this ear and it'll take my eyeball out. Uh, it's like, do they work in the, in the field? You will never see me teaching pediatric. I am not a pediatric nurse. You will never see me teaching maternity or labor and delivery. I will get an expert for that. When you have someone that knows everything, people need to be cautious of it, okay? It's kind of like if I want to go do a facelift and I go to a foot surgeon, it doesn't make (laughs) sense, right? It just doesn't make sense, okay? Or a general surgeon, that doesn't make sense. Or a vascular surgeon, that doesn't make sense. So I wanted to make sure I had the credentials to back it up as well as the experience. And now, because I could have probably done this years ago, right? But I just didn't feel that I was ready. That's why I started opening all those avenues. And it's been growing quickly. Do I want it to grow faster? Of course. But I think that in the, let's say, six, seven weeks that it's been open, it's almost to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It's growing on Instagram. It's, It's growing. It's growing. Hopefully it grows way more, but I'll accept the growth so far. Sometimes I'm impatient. But I love that you do your education both in English and in Spanish. And I think that that is super unique. And I think that you're addressing a strong need out there. For example, I have a friend that was taking his NCLEX and just like right on time, right when I um, right basically when you started your platform, I was like, look, you here, <laughs> here's somebody that you can learn from. And he is from Colombia. So I was like, she does it in English and in Spanish. So however you're comfortable. And so I, I love that you're serving typically underserved demographic. I think you're doing amazing things and you will grow. You will grow. It's the first couple of months is really, really hard, but I can see it, you really taking off. So yeah, I wanted this platform to be bilingual. Now, there are a lot of things that in this, in healthcare that is so difficult to translate, but I'm a fluent Spanish speaker. But even with that, like I remember I did a video that I was like, oh my God, I know that my uncle's going to call me. And he did, oh, you didn't say this right. 
I came here when I was six and I, and I do speak Spanish every day, but when you're trying to really be a professional Spanish speaking, it's a little different, but I did want to be able to provide that service. I actually even got someone from Puerto Rico that moved to the States um, and from all over Colombia, like your friend, uh, because although they might know the language of English, because Spanish was their first language, they can understand the concept better in Spanish. So I travel a lot back and forth, but still I wanted to make sure I provided a forum that I could speak in Spanish. I'm trying to reach any nursing student, anybody in healthcare, anybody that's not in healthcare, because the topics that I cover, anybody can understand. And that's what I wanted the channel to be easy to understand. Like when I, I just did something on coronavirus, although weeks ago I did it in Spanish, I, my husband's like, you should do one in English. And I'm like, well, there's so much out there, but just get it, just do one. And I did it and anybody can understand it. Like, you know, there's three different phases. That's not something that's being talked about in the news. That's why people that have died there's a reason they've progressed to those three stages. And if they go through the second stage leading to third, it's very unlikely that they're going to survive it. I made it very understandable for the regular person. My sisters, I, I ask them all the time, can you understand this? Oh yeah, it's easy to understand. I want to reach out as many people. Of course, nursing students are the ones that are usually looking for this stuff, but it's not limited to them. I don't care if you're 150 years old or, you know, if, if you're just starting high school, it doesn't matter. Uh, my son, who's a sophomore, looks at the videos all the time and, and they learn. And, you know, I have the platform on YouTube, which is Doctored Registered Nurse, literally DR, Registered Nurse. I have the platform on Facebook under the same name. There's a private page, a group, and then there's a Facebook page that's like the business public page. I have the Instagram, which is official doctor registered nurse. Twitter is doctor with DR reg, R-E-G nurse. So you can find me anywhere. You'll find me um, online. You can find me under the name because I'm literally in every <laughs> form you can find me, uh, which is, the, I wanted that because again, I don't know who's where. A lot of people don't use certain ones. So I wanted to cover as much as possible. Yeah, I love it. And I'll have all the links to all your platforms in the show notes. If you're driving, you can't write it down. You can just click the link in the show notes later. But I wanted to thank you, Dr. Margarita, for coming and sharing with nurses. I know they'll be inspired by your story. And I don't know if you said it, but you're from the Dominican Republic, right? I am. Yeah, yeah, you you came here at 6 years old. You started in your marriage with nothing with you know, <laughs> not not rich <laughs> and was able to build an empire and you went on to achieve your doctoral degree which is super aspirational. But the most important thing is that it's totally replicable and I hope that this inspires people to know what's possible. And that's the whole purpose of this platform to empower people with the knowledge that we're out here doing big things, especially us nurses and the sky's the limit. And I just every week want to come into your ears and show you different ways where you can make it happen for yourself. Any parting words you want to leave with the people, Dr. Margarita? To become independent, not depend on a job, make the effort, make the sacrifice, 
it's going to be sacrifice. There is. There might be a year or two that you don't go to the movies or go out to the restaurant or, or do some fun stuff or travel. However, you have to sacrifice in order to be able to succeed and to establish a financial freedom plan that's going to set you up. Do you really want to retire when you're 75? No, you don't. Honestly, I have a five-year goal. I'm 40. Trust and believe that at 45, that retirement talk is going to start. I'm not going to have to wait that long because I prepared and I sacrificed. And I know sacrificing is scary. We are selfish. We want to do everything now. But think about all the gains that you're going to get when you start early, even if, you, if it's later. Double up on those savings. You don't have to go to the movies. It's going to be on the television in a couple months. Wait, it's a sacrifice that you have to do. So the word here is sacrifice in order to gain. And that's what I want you to tell you. I love that. And the thing is, is that people look at sacrifice like it's scary. But if you're not sacrificing today, you're sacrificing your future. So you need to understand that. Don't look at sacrifice as a bad word. Look at it as an opportunity. And we've shared with you different opportunities that you can take at this point. But I love that you're saying sacrifice in Thank you so much for sharing your story. I know people will be inspired um, and thank you. And we're going to check back in with you at 45 because you'll probably be retired by then because you have the passive income to do that. You have what it takes to retire right now if you wanted to. But I think conservatively, you're just giving yourself that time. And then, you know, like I said, everything that you've done is replicable. So I hope people really take heed to the messages that you conveyed because they're super strong messages. So again, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for my, so much for continuing to educate and inspire. And again, it was truly my pleasure. But well, you are my inspiration because I need to get to Forbes. <laughs> I need to interview you so that I can get into the Forbes magazine. That's, a, that's in my plan book. So we can do it. Let's do it. <laughs> that after. Yes. <laughs> pleasure. Any questions you got, send them my way. All right. Thank you. I really hope you get a chance to check out Dr. Margarita's resources. They are excellent for nursing students, new grads studying for the NCLEX, and any nurse just wanting to get a little knowledge refresh. Lesson number one. Along those same lines, the biggest investment you can make is in yourself. The more you invest in your education, the better it will result. And gains will come from that. And I know that a lot of nurses out there are getting into nursing for the wrong reasons. You know, they're looking at the monetary gains. Okay, I'm, oh my God, I'm always gonna have a job, but I'm definitely gonna be making money. But that's not what it is about because patients can sense that. You know, there's something about loving the field and then loving what comes with it and then loving the field. Lesson number two. This is really becoming a theme with my guests, but work definitely hits different when you are there because you truly want to be. It's good to go into work, taking care of your patients, teaching your students because you really do love to do it as opposed to because you have to do it. Because I'm telling you, there's a big difference when you're caring for patients, when it's like, oh my God, I have to be here and I don't wanna be here, but I have to be here. As opposed to, okay, I choose my own time. 
I do my hours, but do I really have to kill myself? No. Do I have to really work five days a week? Unless, I mean, I can if I want, like if I want to be greedy, but do I have to? No. I'm truly doing what I'm doing because I love to do it. Lesson number three. If there's one good thing that we can take away from this current crisis we are dealing with is that you can never be too prepared. Be prepared not only for the worst case, but for opportunities to present themselves. Having access cash is never a bad thing. I would say, if you can, save at least $40,000 in the bank for an opportunity. Yeah. Because that's going to just double and triple by itself. You've been listening to Nurses on Fire. If you want to learn more about me or my guests, check out our show notes page. If you found value, please support our show by supporting our sponsors and affiliates also listed in the show notes. If you like what you're hearing, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or whatever podcast app you're using to stream this show. You guys, tell all the nurses in your life to subscribe. (laughs) And if you know a nurse with a compelling money story and would like me to feature them, shoot me an email at nasima at financiallyintentional.com. All right, y'all, much love and keep them fires blazing. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. But don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye. Bye.